I talked about in yesterday's episode, but trading away Jesper Bratt's rights, I don't see why that's not out of the question of possibility, considering how much of a headache it has been the last few years. And who would the Devils hypothetically trade him for? We have a lot to discuss in this silly season episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Remember, just a disclaimer, silly season is not meant to be taken seriously, hence the name Silly Season. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils Ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credentialed media member, Trey Matthews. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different because for the first time this offseason, I am going to do a Silly Season featured episode. Why am I doing this type of content, you might be asking? Well, if you're new to the show, I like to do something called Silly Season in which I react to trade proposals I find on the internet, I give my opinion, and then towards the end of the episode, I give my final verdict as to whether or not I want the New Jersey Devils to make that said move in real life. And why am I doing it at this particular time? Well, today's episode is sort of a follow-up from yesterday's in which I talked about Jesper Bratt and his contract situation because... Worst comes to worst, the New Jersey Devils might trade away Jesper Bratt's rights if they can't get an extension done in a reasonable amount of time because there are too many factors that you have to consider during the course of this offseason because this is the third time in four seasons in which Jesper Bratt does not have a deal lined up going into the new year, and it seems like this has been dragging out for the past year or so because Jesper Bratt has publicly said multiple times that he wants to re-sign with the Devils organization but I don't know what the the holdup is. And uh, I guess the rumors are that he is letting his agent doing the negotiating. And unfortunately, I think his agent is getting a little too greedy. Now Jesper Brad performed poorly during the course of the playoffs. So that has to come into factor. Timo Meyer has to come into factor. Basically, this is going to be a, a bigger headache in my eyes because Tom Fitzgerald has to find a way to satisfy Jesper Brad. But at the same time, he has to pay Timo Meyer. But... Given the fact that the Devils now have Timo Meyer, and in my personal opinion, I think Meyer has proven himself to be the more valuable asset considering what Meyer was able to do after the trade deadline and during the playoffs, I think Jesper Bratt needs to think twice about just trying to demand the, the money that he is rumored to be demanding because we heard reports saying that it was uh, around $8 million. Obviously, that price might have gone down a little bit after uh, Jesper Bratt's performance in the playoffs, but... We'll talk about that momentarily. So in today's episode of Silly Season, I'm going to give you guys the background information to Jesper Bratt once again, and I'll discuss whether or not I would like to see him traded. Then in the second segment, courtesy of Nick Villano, my fellow writer over at Pucks and Pitchforks, he recently released an article centering around a few players that the New Jersey Devils could target if they do decide to move on from Jesper Bratt and trade his rights away. And then in the third and final segment, I'll select a few players from that said list and talk about as to whether or not the New Jersey Devils should pursue this player if the opportunity does present itself. So let's do a little bit of a refresher course dating back to yesterday's episode because I gave a lot of facts 
but I don't think I gave enough opinion. So my thoughts on trading Jesper Bratt in general, it is a bit of a risk because the thing is, is like the Devils already have a good foundation and you already have your core pieces set, which is Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, presumably Jesper Bratt, and now you got Timo Meyer added to the mix. And the Devils have a lot of depth options that they can possibly retain so that way they can run it back come next year. Because if you're a contending team, obviously something was working for you. And I know the Devils didn't go far in the playoffs that I'm sure they would have liked. But at the same time, they were able to have a great regular season run. They're bringing back their head coach in Lindy Ruff. And it seems like the Devils really have something special brewing. And now you got like people like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Dougie Hamilton, uh, a veteran piece like Andre Palat. Eric Halla says he wants to resign with the organization. You got a lot of young pieces that you can use to your advantage as well. So I think we're going to see Luke Hughes make the roster next year. Factor in Shimon Nemetz, Alexander Holtz. Basically, the New Jersey Devils have it all for the time being. But obviously, with Jesper Bratt and his contract situation, it, it does make you wonder, should the New Jersey Devils move on from Jesper Bratt? Because this is the third time in the past four seasons in which Jesper Bratt does not have a deal lined up going into the new year. And I'm sure Tom Fitzgerald, like he said during his exit interview, he does want to bring Jesper Bratt back. But the thing is, and this is something I wish I had the chance to ask him, is like, What's the deadline? Because it seems like it's the whole same song and dance routine where Jesper Bratt and his agency, they just drag it on out longer than it has to be. Jesper Bratt is demanding for more money. Yes, he was able to prove that he is consistent during the regular season. But here are my problems with Jesper Bratt. His scoring is great, but he was good during the first half of the year. And then come like late December, January, wherever the case might be, we saw Jesper Bratt become a little bit inconsistent. And the thing for Jesper Bratt is that if he is not scoring or if he is not creating opportunities for himself and others, what is he doing out there? Because Jesper Bratt, he's not going to get the hits. He's not going to get the blocks. He's not contributing defensively. He doesn't have a good defensive point shares. He's not going to start fights. He's not going to work the corners. He's definitely not going to be doing face-offs. So my thing for Jesper Bratt is that he is a good offensive player, but if you take that away, what else can he do? Like, if you take away Jack Hughes' points, what's Jack Hughes doing? He's able to use his speed to his advantage. He's trying to set the, the pace. He's trying to set the tempo. He's trying to create looks for others. And he is basically trying to tire out his opponent. And Jack Hughes, you can bet on it that he's going to try to use his speed to his advantage to try to penetrate the offensive end to at least give his team a chance, which can definitely benefit the Devils in more ways than one. Nico Heischer, he can play defense, which is why he's a finalist for the Selkie Trophy, because he's a great two-way player. Dougie Hamilton, if his defense is not there, his offense is certainly going to show up. So for Dougie Hamilton, it's just like he could keep offensive possession alive. He can uh, try to shoot a puck from the top of the, the point and try to uh, get the redirect with one of his teammates. So there's a lot of things that a lot of players can do if they're plan a is not working but for Jesper Bratt and we saw during the playoffs if you take away his shooting ability and if you take away his points he's not really doing much out there and you sometimes forget that he's out there and his weaknesses were heavily exposed during the playoffs now I said if you want to re-sign Jesper Bratt it has to be anywhere from six and a half million to seven million dollars at most if, if he gets paid eight million dollars like he wants to get paid 
then trust me, he's going to go from underrated to overrated in just a matter of a few hours because I don't think he has earned the right to be paid more than Nico Heischer. I get that he is vital to his organization. I know Tom Fitzgerald has said that Jesper Bratt is an important core piece, but at the same time, this offseason is a little different because the Devils have options. They also have some assets to work with. So you got one asset in Jesper Bratt because you can try to trade away his rights. But at the same time, here's a few other assets that you guys should consider because the, the Devils do own their first round draft pick in next year's NHL draft 2024. That's something to factor in. They got a lot of young prospects, not named the Mets or Hughes. They got Holtz. They got Foot. They got Grisiuk. They got Seamus Casey. They got Stillman. They got Dawes. There's a lot of prospects that the New Jersey Devils could try to package together to try to uh, take their organization to the next level. Now, when looking at uh, trading away Jesper Bratt, I said it in the previous episode, I don't like the idea of a one-for-one -one type of trade, trading his rights away for a first-round draft pick. I don't think that's going to benefit the Devils any which sort of way. If they were rebuilding, then by all means, go for something like that. But now that they're contending, that first-round draft pick that you select this year is not going to help you much down the line, especially if you're trying to contend for a Stanley Cup. You need an impact player right away. And if the first round draft pick from the other team comes into a factor, that's just icing on the cake. So a one for one trade just for Brad for a first round draft pick. I'm open to it for the right price. And for Connor Hellebuck, I don't know if you guys have learned your lesson from the Corey Schneider fiasco. That makes no sense. So we're going to discuss some players that could be available for the New Jersey Devils to take if Jesper Brad and uh, Tom Fitzgerald are unable to come to terms on an extension, and Tom Fitzgerald basically pulls the plug on everything and says, that's it, I'm trading you away, because we got to satisfy Timo Meyer, Eric Halla, and others. Once again, one of my colleagues over at Pucks and Pitchforks, Nick Villano, was able to put out an article, and he listed a lot of players that the New Jersey Devils could target if they want to trade away Jesper Bratt. Now, just a full disclaimer, silly season reactions are my personal reactions and my personal assessments as to if this could work or not. If you want to hear Nick Villano's thoughts, the link to the article will be in the description below. But here are just my personal thoughts. So first name on the list is William Nylander. Now, this is quite interesting because I brought up Nylander's name last year's offseason quite frequently because I was like, William Nylander, quite honestly... I think that's a player for the right price that the New Jersey Devils can trade away their second overall pick for his services because Nylander is a top six guy. He's tops on the Toronto Maple Leafs in points, and you can sort of hide him on the, the defensive end because similar to Jesper Bratt, Nylander is not really going to give you much like grit. He's not going to give you that much physically because – one, like I said, one of the issues I have with Jesper Bratt is that he's not going to get the hits. He's not going to get the blocks. He's not going to do face-offs. He's not going to do all that. And the same can be said for William Nylander because his hit and block ratio is similar to Jesper Bratt. So he finished off the year with 18 hits, 26 blocks. And But the one thing I could say for William Nylander, he might not be good in it, but he does do face-offs because Jesper Bratt did zero face-offs. And uh, William Nylander, that's just another factor that you can add to the list of things that he does better than Jesper Bratton. But digressing a little bit, the fact is, is that William Nylander is by far a better player than Jesper Bratt because in 82 game appearances, he was able to put up 40 goals, 47 assists for a grand total of 87 points. 
So he was second on the Toronto Maple Leafs this year in points. And one of the other factors that I want to consider is that he is able to maintain that success come playoff time because one of the complaints that a lot of people had for Jesper Brad is that he goes silent during the playoffs. This year for William Nylander, he appeared in 11 playoff games. He had four goals, six assists for a grand total of 10 points. That is way better than Jesper Brad because Jesper Brad's one goal came at the hands of an empty netter goal. So I think William Nylander is definitely a team you should consider. Yes, he doesn't do dirty work, and it's similar to Jesper Brad, but at the same time, one of the things that puts William Nylander over Jesper Brad is that he's able to get more points and he's able to do it on a consistent basis. Because one of the things that I say for Jesper Bratt is that, especially during the late month of December and January, he went silent, which made it hard for him to possibly make the all-star game and join Jack Hughes in South Florida. Because he would have had to rely too much on the advanced analytics. And one of the things I could say for Jesper Bratt, he's a very good player, but for the money that he's possibly going to be demanding, is he worth it? Because he could go from underrated to overrated with just a snap of the finger. Now, for William Nylander, this is the final year of his contract, and he is set to become an unrestricted free agent after next year. So the 2023-2024 season, his original contract was six years, $45 million total, and he was paid annually of $6 million. I think if the Devils can retain William Nylander for a similar price, but then again, Nylander might demand for a, a, a touch bit more just because, like I said, he was second on the Toronto Maple Leafs this year in points. I think if you could convince William Nylander to sign long-term and, and maybe like take $7 million annually, whatever the case might be, then I think that could be a steal for New Jersey Devils. But the only risk is that he's an unrestricted free agent, not a restricted free agent. So that can make things a little bit messy. And basically, the Devils would trade away their core piece in Jesper Bratt for maybe a rental player. And that's definitely a risk because you know that the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're not going to do a one-for-one Nylander for Jesper Bratt. That's just not going to happen. The Devils are going to have to add a few more like prospects and assets in order to satisfy the Toronto Maple Leafs because I know for a fact, even though the Toronto Maple Leafs disappoint in the playoffs, I don't think they just want to do like a, a, a one-for-one type of thing. I think they want either some assets that can help them right now or in the future. And Jesper Brett, he is one of those assets, but you're going to have to add some more. Now let's look at one of William Nylander's teammates, and that is Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner, I know it seems crazy, but there are rumors circulating saying that the Toronto Maple Leafs might look to shop both Marner and also Nylander. And the thing for Marner, he led the Toronto Maple Leafs in points this year with 99. He had 30 goals and 69 assists. Now, if you need a player to relate Mitch Marner to, look no further than our captain, Nico Heischer, because Mitch Marner is a finalist for the Selkie Trophy alongside with Patrice Bergeron and, once again, Nico Heischer. So, once again, Marner can do that two-way style play similar to Nico Heischer, and it's and he is way better than Jesper Bratt in terms of point production. He has a lot of playoff experience, and not only that, he can play defense. He adds more to his repertoire, and I think that can really help the New Jersey Devils in the long run. However, I'm not going to focus on it too much because it is definitely a long shot because here's the thing. Marner, similar to Nylander, is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Not this year, so he'll be an unrestricted free agent at the conclusion of the 2024-2025 season. 
And here's the kicker. He is currently being paid annually $10.9 million. And his original contract was six years, $65.4 million. So you're probably wondering, can the New Jersey Devils afford Marner and Meyer? Short answer is yes, but I talked about in the last episode that with Brad and Meyer, you're going to have to get creative. You're definitely going to have to get creative even more than with if you have Marner added to your roster. And if he reaches 100 points, oh boy, look out, because he might demand for even more money. And once again, that, so he's putting up Jack Hughes type numbers because Jack Hughes obviously had 99 points. And I, I'm not trying to disrespect Marner. I'm just trying to uh, relate him to a player currently on the Devils roster. And if the Devils were to hypothetically trade for Marner right now, then you can kiss all those unrestricted free agents goodbye. There's no chance Damon Severson comes back. There's no chance Ryan Graves comes back. There's no chance that Thomas Shatar comes back. And not only that, for players who are set to become restricted free agents like Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastian, they're not going to be able to get their, their uh, raise because they performed really well during the course of the season and they were huge assets to have during the course of the Devils' successful year. Yeah, so Marner, while it looks good on paper, that's too big of a risk because the name of the game for the Devils this season was also depth. And, and if you add Marner to the roster, then not only are you going to be crunched up to your eyeballs in terms of finance, you're going to lose some key depth pieces. And I know that you can replace it with like Shimona Metz, Luke Hughes, and also maybe Alexander Holtz, wherever the case might be. But keep in mind that the Devils are going to have to re-sign some of these players once their entry-level contracts comes to an end, and you know they're going to be demanding a bump in their salary as well. So I don't want Tom Fitzgerald to, to get too greedy and basically put himself in depth in that kind of way. That That's not necessary. So for Mitch Marner, I think that's something you stick with the video game, and it looks great on paper. And like I said, he's able to play offensively. He's able to play well defensively. And similar to Nylander, he's able to perform well during the course of the playoffs because this year, not only did he lead the, the uh, Maple Leafs in scoring during the regular season, but he also did the same thing in the playoffs because he was able to finish off with three goals, 11 assists for a grand total of 14 points in 11 playoff appearances. So Mitch Marner might be out the door, and I'm going to scratch that one off my list. Way too risky. Third one, Clayton Keller. Now, Clayton Keller is quite interesting because I was hearing some reports from Elliot Freeman saying that while Keller has not demanded explicitly to be traded away, it might be getting closer to that standpoint just because the Coyotes organization, let's let's face it, I feel very bad and I, I know that they're basically homeless after this season because they got one more year at Mullet Arena and then basically – they're going to have to try to figure out what their living situation is going to be. Are they going to remain in Arizona? Are they going to relocate to a different state or city? Whatever the case might be, they're, they're going to have to figure it out. But Keller might not want to be a part of it, and he might be looking for a trade elsewhere. Now, the thing with Keller is that he's 24 years of age. So he's in that same age frame as Hughes, Heischer, and Meyer. So he fits in with the overall timeline for the Devils. And not only that, he won't become an unrestricted free agent until after the 2027-2028 year campaign. And right now, he's being paid annually $7.15 million, which is a little bit higher than I would like, just because I said I want Jesper Bratt to re-sign anywhere from 6.5 to 7. 
But I think for Clayton Keller, I, I think that's a risk that the Devils can take because Keller was able to lead the Coyotes in scoring by a huge margin. It's not even close. He had 86 points. He had 37 goals and 49 assists. And the next player on the list was Nick Schmaltz with 58 points. So Clayton Keller, head above shoulders, was the Coyotes' best player. And his offensive point production was also a, a big blowout. And he had 34 blocks, 18 hits, not really a physical guy. But at the same time, when looking at it at first glance, Keller is, is obviously more than a point-per-game player because he appeared in 82 games and he finished with 86 points, which is much higher than Jesper Bratt. And that's what we're trying to look for. Who has higher point production? who can play some solid defense and who can provide a little bit more consistency compared to Jesper Brad. Cause I'm not saying that Jesper Brad is a bad player, but when you look at Nylander and Keller, they're more consistent. They put up higher point production and what, what's their plan B if plan A is not working, can they play effective minutes on the rink if their shot or their passing is just not there on a given night, because that's what was exposed during the playoffs for Jesper Brad. Okay, moving on to the next player on the list, and this might be controversial, and I don't think the Penguins would want to help their division rival get better, but here we go. Jake Gensel, and here's why. Gensel is right now a part of an organization that, let's face it, they're in purgatory right now because the, the Penguins cannot contend, but they can't rebuild either. Their core pieces in Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, they're all signed long-term, but the problem is they're getting up there in age, and which is why the, the Pittsburgh Penguins finished in a mediocre position. And like I said, they can't contend. They can't rebuild because you can't convince anyone to like take those lengthy contracts. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Penguins organization, but it is the truth. And that's why they're trying to shapeshift their front office so that way they can have a better sense of direction. For Jake Gensel, he originally signed a five-year, $30 million contract and he is set to become an unrestricted free agent at the conclusion of this year. And right now he is being paid annually $6 million. So you would get at least one season with Gensel and maybe just maybe he'll ask for a, a, a cheaper price compared to Jesper Bratt. Because once again, I just named Malkin, Crosby and Latang who uh, are getting paid more than Jake Gensel. So that's something you have to take into consideration, which is Gensel is very aware of the fact that there are players who are better than him and deserve that money. So you come over to New Jersey, you got Heischer, Hughes, and also hopefully Meyer, who are all signed long-term, who are also not even at their primes yet. They're, they're just getting there. They're still relatively young. And I didn't even men mention Dougie Hamilton, who was a, a, a finalist for the Norris Trophy not too long ago. So that's the mindset for Gensel. And this season, while playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins, he was third on the team in points with 73, and he appeared in 78 games. And his defensive point shares, it's top 10 on the team. He ranked eighth. But here's the thing I'm looking at, because similar to Timo Meyer, what I liked from him was that he's able to assert himself physically. So Gensel finished off with 83 hits, and the, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're a team that is not afraid to hit people, just ask Jason Zucker. But uh, Gensel, he ranked 11th on the Pittsburgh Penguins in hits. But if you put him on the New Jersey Devils roster, he is obviously going to be up there in the hits category. And I think that's what the New Jersey Devils need. They don't need uh, like someone who's able to get 150 hits or whatever the case might be. 
So Gensel at his worst is still better than most of the players best on the Devils roster in terms of the hits category. And he had 46 blocks and he can do faceoffs at times just a little bit because he won eight faceoffs and he lost eight faceoffs, which is 50% faceoff percentage, but still it's better than Jesper Bratt. So Jake Gensel, he's a solid option. I don't think he would demand for all that much. And he puts up similar numbers to Jesper Bratt. And quite honestly, since the Pittsburgh Penguins are in that purgatory a little bit, maybe Jake Gunsell can be that answer for the Devils if they are looking to move Jesper Bratt. And now, the final player on this list is Alex DeBrincat, similar to William Nylander, a player that I discussed in last year's offseason. The big problem that people had with Alex DeBrincat is that he is a small guy, and people said, we don't want any more small players on the roster. Well, don't underestimate the tiny Alex DeBrincat because he is actually quite mighty because he had 109 hits this year while playing for the Ottawa Senators, and he was able to get 66 points in 82 game appearances. Solid productions, but his plus-minus is a little concerning. He had a plus-minus of negative 31, and his defense, let's face it, it's not really there, but at the same time, it's just like Alex DeBrincat, he's said to become a restricted free agent. He was being paid annually $6.4 million. So maybe that could be an eye for an eye kind of thing if, if you're the Ottawa Senators, which is you also get another restricted free agent in Jesper Bratt. Maybe you can work something out with him in that regard. And then the Devils will get Alice DeBrincat, who might or may demand more money than Jesper Bratt. I don't really know. But at the same time, Alex DeBrincat, the one thing that impresses me is that he's five foot seven, weighs 165 pounds, but yet he was able to finish with 100 plus hits. And I think that's interesting. Now, Nick Villano said in his article that uh, that the uh, Ottawa Senators might demand for a goalie just because they tried to uh, it, they tried to rush the rebuild. It didn't really work. But here's here's another factor: the Devils do have a goalie that they're trying to get rid of because he's a restricted free agent. That's Mackenzie Blackwood. So throwing Mackenzie Blackwood into that trade deal, then quite honestly. I think the the Ottawa Senators, don't call me crazy, but they might be able to accept that offer because you get a solid goalie in Mackenzie Blackwood who does have some upside, dealt with some injury, but maybe just needs a new change of scenery, similar to his former teammate Pavel Zaka. And then you also get Jesper Bratt, who can be a corner piece for your organization. He was obviously a core piece with the Devils organization, but just putting some, some hypothetical trade scenarios out there. Once again, these trade talk discussions are courtesy of Nick Villano of Pucks and Pitchforks. The, the link to his article will be in the description. My overall reaction to all this, I'll explain this momentarily. But before we continue, let me tell you guys about bird dogs. So I look better and feel great while wearing bird dogs. Their stretchy fabric makes my legs look great, and they're comfier than my other shorts and pants. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts and pants on the golf course to a meeting, a date, or just hang out with friends. Obviously, sometimes I live in Arizona. It's really hot down there, so I'm going to need some something that's stylish, cool, but at the same time, something that won't make my skin burn up. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, and when you enter the promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So all the cool people are wearing Bird Dogs, so you should get your Bird Dogs shorts right now. Okay, so to close out this silly season discussion episode, let's look back at the players and see which ones would I stay away from, which ones would I go for, and who would I give up for that hypothetical player. 
Okay, so scratch off Mitch Marner. Just no way. That's not going to help the Devils in any which sort of way. That's going to put them in debt up to their eyeballs. I just don't see it happening. I don't see the Ottawa Senators giving away Alex DeBrinkett. I think they are committed to him, but I did hear some rumors otherwise. Um, he Alex DeBrinkett is also a restricted free agent. Wouldn't really help the Devils in this sort of circumstance. And once again, he is a small player. I respect the fact that he was able to get a lot of hits, and I'm glad that he was able to assert himself, but I just don't think that's going to happen. And for Jake Gensel, I, I, I kind of see it, but at the same time, I just don't think the Pittsburgh Penguins – would want to trade with the New Jersey Devils anytime soon because the Devils did fleece the Penguins last offseason by trading away Ty Smith for John Marino. And I'm sure the Pittsburgh Penguins organization has learned their lesson. So they're probably like, you know what? We're not going to make that kind of trade with you guys. That's too big of a risk. I would say go for someone like William Nylander. I think William Nylander is... Obviously, he's underpaid. He's going to demand for a bit of a pay increase, but I don't think it's going to be all that significant. And at the same time, I think William Nylander, he does a little bit of what Jesper Bratt already does, but he does it way more consistently, and he's able to put up a higher point production. And once again, I know he doesn't do the dirty work. I know people critique him for being soft, but at the same time, if you put him alongside someone like Timo Meyer, Nico Heischer, whatever the case might be, or hell, even Curtis Lazar, you put him next to a physical Sasquatch, as Jersey Joe would say, then maybe you can just hide the inabilities of William Nylander. I was big on Nylander last offseason. He's set to become an unrestricted free agent, so that is a bit of a risk, but no trade is ever not a risk. So I see this no differently, and I don't think you have to give up a big-name prospect. Obviously, the Devils, I don't think they're going to give up a first-round draft pick for him. You can give up one of your low-end prospects. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs would be okay with that. Obviously, it's it's gonna have to it's gonna have to be some sort of a package deal. But at the same time, I think Nylander can definitely do a lot of things that the New Jersey Devils would want from him. And then for Clayton Keller, it is a bit of a risk just because he's already signed to that lengthy extension, seven point fifteen million dollars. Like I said, Elliot Freeman is is hinting at the fact that Keller might be looking for other opportunities elsewhere. But here's the thing: we were expecting for Timo Meyer to already be extended, so Keller is now going to be that already extended player, and Meyer is going to be in Jesper Bratt's position. So if you're wondering if that's possible, I think it is because, like I said, I I expect anywhere from Jesper Bratt to be resigned anywhere from six to seven million. And I know Keller patches that threshold just a little bit, but I don't think it's significant. I think that's something that the Devils can definitely work with. They might have to sacrifice a few contracts here and there, but I think it's something replaceable. And keep in mind, you got someone like Miles Wood, who's also going to be an unrestricted free agent. So that can help in that case because I believe that's $3.2 million off the books. Ryan Graves is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Damon Severson, Thomas Shatar. And I think the only unrestricted free agent that pretty much has a spot on the team, barring anything catastrophic happening, is Eric Kala. And he's not going to come at a, at a very expensive penny. I think that's definitely a deal that the Devils can get done. So I would say William Nylander and Clayton Keller are two players that I would say are, are worth trading away just for Brad for. But like I said, it's silly season. It's not meant to be taken seriously. I think Keller and Nylander would fit really well with the organization. And I think they definitely fit in that sort of timeline for the Devils. And once again, uh, I, I think if you want some more security, you go with Keller. But if you want an impact player who can 
definitely help the Devils in more ways than one and already contribute to their high-octane offense, then you got to go with Nylander. But then again, you can't go wrong either way. I like both of those players. I think both of them can bring a lot to the table. But that's just my two-cent opinion. But once again, I don't think Jesper Bratt will be traded. But worst-case scenario, expect the unexpected. It could happen if Tom Fitzgerald finally just gets fed, fed up with Jesper Bratt and his agency and just says, you know what? We're going to move you. So let me know what you guys think, because overwhelmingly, a lot of you said you were willing to trade away Jesper Bratt for the right asset. So I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on podcast streaming service. Hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMatt4, or the show's Twitter page, at LockedOnDevils. Curious to hear your guys' thoughts. So as for today's episode, that's the full time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.